Good morning. Uh, I'm very thankful to be here with you, and I'm very thankful for your church. Uh, we, especially in Congo, have appreciated Carrie uh, Alliance Church. You, we've had visitors from your church, including uh, Tom, who's come several times to help us with Freedom to Lead, and Danny and Heidi came, and uh, you actually saw them in one of those pictures. But uh, I want to tell you today about God and about what he does, because this really isn't a story about us, and it's not even a story about uh, some amazing church. It's a story about God and his power. The people that you saw there, the Vili, are a people that have been considered the ends of the earth. They even consider themselves the ends of the earth. And the passage of Acts 1-8, uh, Jesus says to the disciples, I want you to go to the ends of the earth and to tell my story. And that's when Jesus says that, he's quoting from Psalm 22, which says that all the ends of the earth will hear and will come to Christ. And what we have experienced in the last few years in Congo has been a part of that fulfillment. This is something God is doing. We began as educators. We went first with the Alliance in order to help a church that was very young establish a Bible school so that they could train their pastors. We didn't think that we were good at church planting and doing that kind of thing. But in 2012, our team was reorganizing and we were basically told by our other team members, we have decided that we're going to close the team in Point Noir, where you have been working with the, uh, with the Bible school and with the radio station, and we're all going to concentrate in the north on planting churches. And we really struggled with that because we knew that that was not what God had called us to do. There were problems that we knew were going to happen with our Bible school because it wasn't quite stable and ready to survive by itself, and the radio station. But even more than that, there was just this feeling, this, this discouragement on the part of our church and our mission that we had been in Point Noir in that area for many years now, and there was still not a, Nash, a church among the people group that were in that area of, of Congo. In fact, most of the Congolese themselves told us, you can't reach the Vili. They just won't be reached. They're, they're, they don't want to be reached. And it was true. We would drive through village after village, and we would see these broken down buildings that had been churches that 
somebody had tried to plant and start and they were abandoned. The Vili have their own uh, religion that they have developed over the years. And it's a religion based on lies. It's a religion based on false beliefs about where they came from and about who they were in the world and about God. And when they would hear preachers come and preach, they considered those preachers to be politicians who were coming to give them gifts and to uh, invite them to come and be a part of something, but they always ended up asking for something from the Vili and then leaving when they, when they were satisfied with whatever they had gotten. They considered uh, the church to be a false religion. And there had been a prophet who had come to the Vili many, many years before that who had told them uh, that they were in great danger from sorcery and from evil spirits. And so he established a, a group. They, they kind of looked like a church. They kind, and they used some of the same words, and they talked about Jesus, but what they were talking about was not the true Christ. And they would have inquisitions. They would gather people together who were having a problem in their family, and they would accuse uh, the, the person that they had decided was the, the cause of their problem of being a sorcerer. And they would try to, they would have power encounters between their pastors and their, uh, and these, these other sorcerers. Everybody knew that they were just pretty much deserted. And that God, their creation story was that God had created people, and he had created the Vili, but he just got bored with them, and he didn't care about them anymore. And every time that they saw somebody come, and they were speaking in another language and telling them about Christ, they just said, that's, that's not for us. That's for other people. And so the church was never established among the Vili. And as Alliance people, we feel our call is to go to the places where no one else has gone and to make the gospel accessible to people who have never heard. And we felt like we had unfinished business there. We came home on home assignment in 2012 and we expressed our concern that this isn't, this, we're not done there. We have to go back. And we didn't know, we were hoping that other people would go back with us or other people would join our team and that we could still have a team that would plant churches among the Vili. But that wasn't going to happen. And as we prayed during that year and really sought the Lord about what he wanted us to do, we began to have a firm conviction that we needed to go back and do it 
with Christ ourselves, that we couldn't ask somebody else to go, that God was putting this burden on our hearts. But we had no idea what we were going to do. We had talked, and we had even attended conferences about this method called orality. As a Sunday school teacher and as a teacher of young people, I always understood the power of story, and I always knew that I, the reason I knew God's word so well was because as a young child, I began to hear the stories from God's word, and they had sunk deep inside of me, and I knew who he was. So it made perfect sense to me and to my husband that this is, this is the way we could understand this is the way a child can understand. And so orality as a concept, the concept of sharing God's word and stories, that made perfect sense to us. But we didn't know how to do it. And we attended a conference and we saw all different approaches to using storying to tell God's word. We understood the statistics that 95% of the people in the world hear and understand best through story. They are oral people. They don't get their information through text. We understood that, but we were text people, and we didn't really know what we were supposed to do about it. So we prayed. We got permission to go back, and we were basically told, okay, you have a year to go back and to start a team and the team was, we knew the team was going to be partially made up of uh, SIL, Wycliffe couple that was living there in Point Noir who were translating God's word. And they had done a lot of study on Vili language, but they were not church planters. They were linguists. And uh, we, we knew they would be a resource and that they would be willing to be on a team because they really had a heart for the Vili but we knew this was going to be something that we were going to have to do. We also knew that we were not young enough to learn the Vili language and to ever be able to speak it credibly. We also knew from studying and from reading even the research documents that our colleagues had done that even if we did learn and speak haltingly in Vili, the people, the Vili people would not listen because they would see us as outsiders that were coming to share this. And so we knew that the team that we had to form would have to be made up mostly of people from the Congolese church. The Congolese church is very poor and they've always depended on us to bring them uh, resources and here we knew that we had to go back and we had to find a way to help the Congolese church get a vision and reach the Vili people themselves. And we just, frankly, were not sure if it was possible, but we could not get out from under that burden that God had put on us. And so we went. We got off the plane in uh, September of 2013 
and we were met by a group of pastors that were in that area, and they were very glad that we came back because they had heard that we were not coming back, that we were going to this other city. And so they had a reception in our living room for us, and uh, they said, what are you here for? And we said, we are not here to be the traditional mission that we were before. We only came back, and we have a short time to be here to find out if the vision that we think God has given us is really his vision for the church here. And we believe that God has called us to start to tell the Vili about Christ in their own language, and we need your help because we can't do it ourselves. And we saw an amazing response. First of all, the, the district superintendent of that area just got a huge smile on his face, and he said, I am so glad that you are finally going to help us to do this. I'm Vili. And we hadn't even known that he was ethnically Vili because he had gone, he had been sent by the Alliance to the Bible school in the other Congo, and he had studied, and he was a homiletics professor at our Bible school in French. And he had never even thought to teach, uh, to preach in Vili because he didn't think it was possible. And so uh, he said, you show us how to do it, and we're, we're with you. Well, that still left us with a lot of indecision about how we were going to do this. He was older, and his wife is also Vili, but they were both, they're both not physically very well, and we knew that they were not going to be part of this team. They also had a lot of very traditional ideas about how you do church, and we didn't want that to get in the way. So we began to pray, Lord, send the people that we need. And we began to study and research and just start out. We invited people to come to our house to start learning God's word through stories, first in French. And then we, uh, we already started working with our SIL family that was, that was there, trying to do direct translations of these stories into Vili and into Manukatuba, which is a trade language that all of the tribes of the South understand. And it was a slow process. We spent about six months getting our first version of the creation story ready. Now, as we had studied the Vili people, we realized that they had a very false view of creation. And if we didn't start with creation, they were never going to understand who this God was. We actually had a friend who was using a different orality method. Uh, and we were practicing that with some of our people just to see how that method would work. And he got very inspired and excited about this and decided to go up to another people group in the north to start uh, teaching them. And in this method, they began with just a story from the New Testament, and they shared the story. And then they would ask questions. 
Well, they went to a pygmy group that was very, that, that they're nomadic, they live in the, in the forest, they don't even have a permanent village. And they, he started to tell the story of Mary and Martha, and at the end he asked the questions about, uh, that he had learned to tell, to ask with his method, and he said, he asked them what they understood about Jesus from the story, because Jesus is in the story, and they were like, who is Jesus? And he came back and we said, well, that's kind of what we're talking about. We need to really start at the beginning with this. So we worked really hard on developing the story, starting with creation, and we developed a second story that had been part of our first story, but we realized our first story was too long, and we developed a second story called The Rebellion of a Third of the Angels. And uh, this was to help the Vili understand all of these spirits and all of these, these problems that they had, that they encountered all the time, and that they thought, according to their myths and according to their stories, were from God and powerful, and they, they were constantly in this kind of pantheon of, of war, and these, the Vili were the pawns in this. And so we, we knew we had to tell this story as well. But we still didn't know how we were going to get the story, once we get it, to the Vili. One day, there was a knock on the door, and we opened the door, and there was this emaciated, thin man, along with his, a little child that he was holding. We didn't even recognize him, and he said, Pastor Jay, Mama Bev, I, ne I need to talk to you. And so we invited him to come into our house. It took a long time for him to get into the house because he was so, uh, so ill and so emaciated. And, but when he finally got into the house and was sitting down, we realized that this was Davy. Davy was the son of one of our pastors, and he had been uh, the. Um, he had been interested. He had actually worked in our Bible school as a guard, but he had gone away from the Lord and ended up having AIDS, and he had tuberculosis now, and he thought he was dying. He was. And so he brought his daughter so that she would be able to, uh, we would take care of her because he knew that if he left her to his family, she would, she would end up in virtual slavery and she would die as well. And so we said to Davy, well, we'll sign a payment. We, we made him sign a statement saying that he had given her to us for temporary care because we didn't want to be accused of child trafficking or kidnapping or anything like that. And we said, but we want you to check into a clinic that we knew about down the road and uh, we'll see if there's something that can be done. And so he went into the clinic and he, uh, and we took care of his daughter 
And that week, something happened to Davy. He was sleeping, uh, a very troubled sleep. He had, he, his lungs were racked, and suddenly he had a dream. And God appeared to him in the dream. And God said to Davy, I'm not finished with you yet. You think you're here to die, but you're not. I have a job for you to do. And Davy woke up, and the coughing stopped, and he was able to eat the same day. And by the end of that week, the doctors released him from the clinic because they said, there's nothing wrong with you anymore. And Davy came back to our house, and he said, Pastor Jay, God has called me to be an apostle to the Vili. And that was when we found out that Davy was half Vili. His mother had been Vili, and he had been raised speaking Vili. And he felt that God had given him the job of reaching the Vili, and he knew we were doing stories in Vili, and so he wanted to learn how to do that. And so he joined our team. He found a friend as he began to go out and share these stories in churches in Point Noir, he found another friend who uh, was paralyzed from the waist down, and that was Bachi, who you saw on the video. And Bachi had been deserted by his family because of the polio that he had had that made it impossible for him to uh, have a living and to keep his, to sustain his family, which was why they had paid for his education in the first place. And so there he was sleeping on the floor of a church, hoping that the pastor of this church would come in and heal him because he had heard that this pastor prayed for healing for people. And when Davy came in and shared a story from God's word, he said, I want to learn how to tell these stories. My family needs to hear this. And so Davy, who had been previously not capable of even walking, picked up Bachi, put him in a taxi, and brought him to us. And we found out that Bachi had impeccable Vili. And he was from the very area where we were targeting. So we worked and we got the story ready. And what happened uh, in 2016, after a lot of work and a lot of testing of these stories, was that we decided to send Davy and Pastor Willie, who was our regional evangelist, and really wasn't quite sure that the story thing was right, but he, he was going along with it. And we sent them with a video player an audio player with the story of creation and the story of the rebellion of a third of the angels to test and to see how uh, the Vili would understand these. Because we had only tested them on city Vili. And the city Vili had enough other language uh, that we weren't sure if the Vili in the village would understand these. So they went. I'm not going to even have time to tell you everything that happened that week, but I'll just tell you a couple of the things that happened. The first day after they got in a taxi and they, they rode um, over this bumpy road and finally arrived in Yubi, 
they went to sleep because it was very late, and then they walked seven kilometers to a village that they had passed on the way in. And they, they thought, we will start here and we will work our way up this 17 kilometer stretch of road. And so they went to a, uh, an area that had a, a woman that was out in the morning. She was preparing food for her family. And they walked up to her and they said, we have stories in Vili on our player. We'd like to play them for you. Would you listen? Well, she was very busy, but she said, okay, you can sit there. And so they turned on the story of creation. And as they were playing the story, the husband who had been inside the house heard this story, and it was in his own language. And he came out, and he sat down, and then the children who were getting ready for school came out and sat down, and the whole family gathered around, and they listened to this story. And at the end, uh, Davy began to ask them questions to see if they had understood it. And they, they kept interrupting, and they kept saying, where is this story from? And he said, this is God's word. This is a story from God's word that he sent. And they said, this is, this is really true? We need to know this God. And by the end of their conversation that morning, the whole family had accepted Christ as their Savior. Davy and Willie were, uh, were shocked because they were just trying to test these stories. So they thought, well, let's go to the next house and let's test the story there. And so they get to a house down the road, and they saw some women in one corner uh, this was a courtyard with three or four houses in a, in a semicircle. And they saw some women at this house, but they saw that there was a door open here and there was a man inside, so they thought, well, we'll go up there and see if we can share the story with him. But while they were going up, they saw these other women starting to look very afraid. And there were children that were touching each other and pointing to them, and they didn't know why. But what they found out was that there was a man inside this house, and there was a very terrible odor. And they went in, and they said, we have some stories from God's word that we'd like to share with you. Would you listen to them? And, okay, sure, come in and sit down. What they didn't know, the reason that these other people were panicking, is that Justin was a sorcerer. He was very well known for putting curses on people, and when he put a curse on someone, that was it for them. And they saw these strangers coming and going to this house, and they were terrified. Well, they played the story of creation, and then they just let the player continue, because he seemed to be listening, and they played the story of the rebellion of a third of the angels. And Justin, just listen. At the end of the story, he said, uh, are you telling me that that is the reason for all of the sorrow and all of the troubles in my life? And they said, yes, it's sin. It's rebellion against your creator. And he said, 
how can I know him? And so Davy shared with him in Vili, and then he turned to Willie and he said he wants to accept Christ. And Willie was just shocked because Willie had done evangelism explosion. He had done all kinds of other ways of presenting the gospel, and he had never had responses. He would have to say, I'll come back, I'll talk again. And he was trying to get people's attention, and they would usually be very dismissive. And this, they had finally realized, was a sorcerer, and he wanted to accept Christ. And so he said, Papa Justin, do you have sin that you want to confess? And he said, oh, yes, I have sin. And so he began to confess his sins to Davy and Willie and to God. And he went on for an hour talking about the people that he had destroyed, the, the sins that he had committed, and the darkness in his own life. And they, when he got done, he said, okay, I'm done. And so Willie led him in a prayer, asking the Lord to forgive him those sins and to, to redeem him. He had to explain a little bit more about the story of Jesus and the cross. But when he did, Justin prayed and asked Jesus, to, his creator, to take charge of his life. And then Justin got a, an amazed look on his face and he said, now I want you to pray to get rid of all of these things. And he was pointing around his house. They couldn't see anything there, but he could see all of these spirits that had been living with him all of this time, and he wanted them out. And so Willie stood up, and he took the authority of Jesus, and he said, in the name of Jesus, you all have to leave. This house and this man belong to Jesus. And Justin saw them leave. And then Justin said, now I want you to pray for my leg, because about a month before he had been out and he had been using a machete and he had cut himself and the, the wound had gotten infected and that was the smell that they had been smelling. And so Davy and Willie prayed for him. They had actually asked us for some bandages and so they had something to wash the wound and to bandage him, but they knew that this, this, normally this leg would be lost, and they prayed for him. And within 10 days, we went back to visit. 10 days later, his wound was healed. And so Justin had discovered who his real creator was and who his real master was. There were many, many other people that they encountered during that week. And what, what typified each encounter was tears that God really would, would want to talk to us, that God really cares enough about the Vili that he sent you to us. And this touched Davy and Willie's hearts more than, than it touched their hearts because they began to realize God has a plan for us. God has a way for our church to reach the rest of Congo. I'll tell you one final story, and that is the story of Mama Pauline. 
before they had left, we had been praying with Davy, and Davy had been uh, had had an experience already of arriving in a village for a short visit, and a person had said that they had had a dream that he was coming, and then they listened to what he said. And so we prayed that God would give dreams to people that he was preparing along the road to hear the story. They were on their way up to another village, and it was a long walk. And as they were on their way up, the, uh, all of a sudden, a car pulled up behind them. And the car was improbably of an elder from one of our churches in Point Noir who was up there for some other business. And he said, what are you guys doing here? And they said, we're on our way to the village of Sintu and Kola, and we're going to share stories in Vili. And he said, well, jump in. I'll give you a ride because it's, it's quite a few kilometers still. So they got in, and they started talking about what was going on. And they got so animated in their discussion that they went right past the center of Sintu and Kola. And when they realized that they had passed through the center of Sintu and Kola, they said, well, stop. We'll, we'll just get out here, and we'll start. Because there was a man standing there at the side of the road. And we'll ask him if we can share the story with him. So they got out, and they uh, went up to the man, and they said, we have stories that we would like to share with you in Vili. And he said, in Vili? Really? Come. And he, he set up some, some logs under the tree, and he went and got them water, and he called his family out, and he said, sit down. We're going to hear something in Vili. And so they all came, and they sat down, and they listened, and they began to play the story of creation. Now, we had a special speaker to make it loud enough because there were quite a few people here listening in this family, and so the, the noise carried. And pretty soon, they started hearing a noise from the house that was nearby. And this woman began screaming and calling out, and she was saying, Servants of God, save me! Servants of God, save me! And they couldn't even get through the story because this, this voice kept yelling from the house. And so they said, uh, finally this woman pulled her way out, and the, the father said, that's my mother, she's, she's paralyzed from the waist down, and she can't walk. But um, he said, it's okay, Mama. We'll come in, and they'll share the story with you afterwards. And she said, no, this is just like I told you, the dream that I had. Last night, I had a dream, and there were, there were two white men, men dressed in white, standing next to me, and another, a taxi pulled up and there were two men dressed in white and they got out and the men standing next to me said these are the men who are going to bring you salvation and so there they are I dreamed about them and so they said okay we'll we'll come in we'll tell you the story and so they finished with this family that had invited them in and every single one of them including their children wanted to know Jesus and wanted to accept him as their savior.
And then they went in to talk to Mama Pauline. And they shared the story with her. And she was, they said at the end, Do you, would you like to know Jesus? And she said, well, of course, that's what you came for. And so they prayed with her, and she received Christ as her Savior. And then she said, um, then Willie just felt God leading him, and he said, Mama Pauline, in the name of Jesus, stand up. And Mama Pauline stood to her feet, and she walked. This was the first time that she had walked in two years. And her family was amazed, and they knew this is, this is God. He really cares about us. When they came back from that week of telling stories, Davy and Willie were in tears. They had with them a list of 52 names with phone numbers, because that's how you know a person is real. They have a phone in Congo. And they said, we have never had this experience before. Willie said, I have never, now I believe what you say about stories, because I have shared, I've tried to share with people for the 15 years I've been a believer, and sometimes one person will hear me in a week and come to, to church and then eventually become a believer. I've never presented the Bible, the scripture, to 106 people and had 52 people accept Christ. But we had an explosion among these Vili villages, and we had a lot of work to do. Bachi, the one that you saw, is the one who recorded, it was his voice that was giving the story, and his own family heard the story first from his own voice. And they are in the process of coming to Christ. Just this summer, two more of his young nephews became believers. And we are praying that God uses his family and these other families along the road to start a movement that will change the Vili forever. But we are also praying that God will help our church to see we can do this with all of the people groups of Congo. And so as we go back in, uh, in March, we have a big job, and it's much bigger than uh, we can do ourselves. But it is something that God can do, and we can do it with your prayer and with your, uh, with your support. And please, we do have a sheet outside if you would like to hear timely requests, we have a, we, it's something that we call Prayvine, and you, you get regular requests from us when there's a problem and, or when there's a praise, and you will get that. We also very occasionally send prayer letters, but I'm not really good at getting them out because I get so busy that it's hard for me to get them out. So, but we do have the, the prayer requests. So sign up. And please, if you, if you are not good at writing, I would rather you took one of the little cards next to it and use the QR code to sign up because then I won't have trouble getting your email address into my list, okay? But please support us and please continue to pray for us. And thank you again for the part that you already have in what we're doing. <laughs>